challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country with a pedal to the metal with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. What a special, special time. And uh, I always forget to do this till about 15 minutes in. Chat is open. Uh, you've reached uh, Sundays with Dr. Sean here at the Kehala. Everybody's having, it uh, looks like, some cookies, some Ferrero Rocher, some fried yard bird, some bunt cake, some other kind of cake, some cookies, and whatnot. You eat good if you come here. So we're, uh, we're happy to have you. Had a real special thing. Um, the Kehala and, and uh, Dr. Bonnie is, a, is an artist in addition to being a doctor. And you all know how much I love my dog, Buckeye. And uh, they painted, uh, Dr. Bonnie painted me a uh, portrait of my sweet doggie. And you want to make me cry, you show me something like that right before I'm supposed to go on. And boy, oh boy, it touched my heart. Amazing. So it's really, really, um, really, really, uh, really, really something. Wow. I'm going to, I can't wait to put that up. So uh, thank you so much for that. What a, what a sweet, wonderful gift. You guys know how much I'm into my, uh, into my puppy. I'm a lucky, lucky guy. Great people in my life and a great puppy. So, so today, today's going to be a little different. Um, be a little bit different. I don't know. Uh, might be initially a little bit hard to follow. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. By the way, thank you uh, to, we've got Alaska. We've got New York, Illinois. Uh, we've got some Navy SEALs listening. Thank you so much. And some Army, uh, Green Berets, 10th Mountain. We've got 10th Mountain listening. Fort Gordon, uh, Signal Corps. We've got, uh, let's see here. Well, we've got a lot. We've got a lot represented. The military's represented. We even have a Coast Guard, uh, a uh, Chief Warrant Officer in the Coast Guard listening. Thank you so much. Yes, we can clap for them. Absolutely. We have a Marine Corps uh, Staff Sergeant or First Sergeant, Staff Sergeant and a First Sergeant listening. And so that's really special to us from Parts Unknown. Uh, we are praying for you uh, so that you come back safely. And um, what an honor it is to have you listen. We we really, really, really appreciate it. it. means the world to us. What you're doing means the world to us as well. Um, people all over the country listening. It's a crazy thing, isn't it? It's a crazy thing. Um, also, I want to thank uh, my buddy. I won't say his name because his name is not on the book. It's a nom de fleur for uh, gifting me with the, his book. I can't wait to read it. And um, can I say the title of the book, though? It is Monkey Warts and All by Jim Hart. Monkey Warts and All by Jim Hart. So anywhere you can buy books, you can buy that book. So it's only, it's twelve dollars. I mean that's cheap. That make a great gift. And you buy it on Amazon, it'll get here super fast, and you'll be all set. Well, here we are. Next Sunday is Christmas, right? Isn't that something? So what we're going to talk about? Let me just tell you what we're going to talk about, and then we'll go right into it because we have a lot, a lot to do. The substance of faith, achievement, or fulfillment in 2017. Which thing are you lamenting at the twilight of 2016 in the face of 2017? Your achievements or the life fulfillment you feel from your pursuits in 2016? The, the concrete things that you achieved in 2016 or how you feel about life in 2016. Do you feel joy or regret when you look back at what you've achieved? You know, your bullet your bullet list, your, your uh, what do people call it? I don't know. I your bucket list, your uh, I call it my RPM list. 
um, what RPM is results, purpose, and massive action plan. Um, so when you look at that, do you look back? Or when you look at your list of stuff, yeah, I got a lot done, but were you fulfilled? Were you fulfilled with life? Did you appreciate life? Did, were you blessed in life in 2016? Have you ever heard this scripture verse? Uh, it's Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders were obtained, elders obtained a good testimony. Then, after that verse, we hear repeatedly, by faith, or, or more accurately, by trusting. It's more accurately interpreted uh, by trusting. We're going to dig, dig in deep on that. So I'm going to unwrap this great passage of Scripture, and I'm going to tether the Scripture in a way that maybe you've never heard before. You might think I'm crazy at the end. You might think I'm crazy now, but crazier at the end. So this is a message to share, and thank you to chat. Boy, we've got some great people. The great state of Alaska, like I say, upstate New York. Man, that is that is awesome. And apparently there's a couple feet of snow up in up in upstate New York. No, thank you. Holy moly. Wow. Glad it's not me. What is it? Like uh, 42 degrees. We had almost 60 degrees earlier today, and it's dropping to 42. I don't pay much attention to the weather, but, uh, you know, I just, I'll take it. I'll take it. So thank you very much. And also, we appreciate our great host, the Stabley's, for blessing us. This this room, if you could come here, there's a stove in the in the one end of the room, heats the whole room. And I think we can fit, what can we fit, 100 people in here? Oh, yeah, I think we could do it. I believe we could. And uh, so uh, what a wonderful thing. And we got a bunch of recliners, and everybody uh, always gets the comfy chairs. You know, the people that like the comfy chairs get the comfy chairs. But, and if I don't preach loud enough or, import, or uh, impactful enough, folks will fall asleep. So anyway. So I mentioned it's Christmas week. It's Christmas week, and, and a dear, dear friend reminded me of this. It's Christmas week. Next Sunday is the general, and I say this, look, I'm, I'm not picking at anything, but this really wasn't when Yeshua was born. Uh, but we observe it now for a whole list. I could preach a whole sermon on why we observe it now, and we'll go into that now. But next Sunday is the general observance of the birth of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah. And I, I want to ask you, have you thought about how Mary, the mother of Yeshua, must have felt when the angel of the Lord spoke to her and telling her, a Hebrew girl, she's literally... In middle school, I don't think they had middle school. I mean, I don't think they had that. Uh, but, you know, middle school age, people always question me on that, by the way, when I say that. You know, they say, come on, that's weird. But she was literally middle school age, 13, 14 years old. And and the angel of the Lord speaks to her, and, and they tell her, hey, you're going to be the vessel of the deliverance of the, of the Savior of the world. We're, I'm going to... Use you. And all of what came with it. Can you imagine? All of what came with it. I mean, crushing, crushing supposition. In a community, she could have been stoned. Even community then, she could have been stoned. Uh, she was betrothed. Joseph could have very easily said he had every legal right. Right? He had every legal right to back out and say, sorry, you know, I'm out. And in fact, in many respects, not only do you have every, every legal right, but the expectation kind of would be upon him to not only his name. Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna birth the mother of Jesus or the uh, Jesus, you know, the long-awaited. Yeah, okay. You know, the whole community would have a lot to say about that. Middle school. She was middle school aged. Can you imagine the requirement of faith to not question or balk, but to simply th- this kid? says, by your will, Father. With all at stake for Mary, she had incredible, amazing faith. More than faith, she had an incredible... Ch- this is, Words don't mean a lot. They mean everything. She didn't have just a whole lot of faith. She had a whole lot of trust in God, in Hashem. In God, Mary's faith was placed without question or comment. She said, your will be done, no matter the cost. No comment on her part saying, hey, would you mind showing me what's around the corner? Could you show me, God, what's going to happen? Because I'd really like to, I'd feel better, personally, 
as a 12 or 13-year-old in this community, if you could just show me what's going to happen, give me a little vision. I mean, I appreciate you telling me and coming to the angel. I, I love all that. But could you just show me so that I could know everything's going to play out really well? It's going to be okay, no matter the cost. She didn't balk. Where did Mary see that kind of faith and trust modeled? Where, where in the world would she have seen that? We know if we look at Hebrews 11, we see where. I'm going to read this. I'll try to get through it without interrupting myself. Good luck on that. Starting verse 1, chapter 11, Hebrews. Trusting, this is the uh, complete Jewish Bible, by the way. Trusting is being confident of what we hope for, convinced about, let me interrupt myself, convinced about things we don't see. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody I don't know. I make bets, little dollar bets, you know, folded money bets. They're not big bets, but so convinced I'm going to win, right? I'm convinced. I'm like, I'll bet you five dollars. You want to bet ten? I'm twenty, fifty. I don't care. I'll bet you. I'll bet you. I know I'm right. No, I don't think you're right. I'm going to bet. The other person isn't so convinced, so they say, I won't bet. How about a quarter? We bet a quarter. You know, right away, if somebody backs down to a quarter. They're not convinced, right? But I'm convinced. Look, I'll bet you all the money in my pocket. Yeah, a couple bucks. But I'll bet you all the money. I'm convinced I'm right. Have you ever been so convinced you're in an argument with somebody about something else? You're convinced, and you're unwavering. You say, look, you know what? I'm not going to waver on this. We have political conversations like that in this country today, don't we? We have a lot of political conversations in this country where uh, one side says, we're not going to argue anymore. We're just not going to argue anymore. We're just going to – we're just going to – I don't know. We're just going to bow out. We'd rather be uh, happy than right. We'd rather be liked than correct. We'd rather, you know, we're just not going to fight about it. And we end up where we are. By faith and by trust, we sometimes when you know something, you stand for that, right? And being convinced, trusting is being confident of what we hope for, convinced about the things we do not see. It was for this that Scripture attested the merit of the people of old. Now, that's a tough thing. It's a tough, tough thing. It was for this that Scripture attested the merit of the people of old. So Mary has this this heritage, if you will, that she looks back on because she was devout. She was devout. And now she's told, wow, we've chosen you. God's not going to just choose anybody, right? It's a big deal. Now I, I don't uh I don't saint Mary, I don't do any of those things. Uh you know, folks in the audience are Catholic and uh look I don't I don't throw rocks at the Catholic faith. There's a lot of emphasis put on Mary. Uh there's people that pray to Mary, uh, not just the Catholic faith, but other faiths as well. Uh that's not my thing and uh and we can we can have a you know, a, a scriptural debate about that. Uh but the fact of the matter is that's just not me. That's just that's just not where I stand. I don't do that. But I honor Mary because she was chosen as a twelve. Look, I'm, I I guarantee you, God's not going to choose me as a twelve or thirteen year old. Go back when I was twelve or thirteen. If you follow me on Facebook, you'll see a picture on there. Uh, maybe I'll post it. My buddy Jack Atkins. I grew up with him. Uh, his mother sent him a care package, and apparently I was at a, his thirteenth birthday party, and somebody took a picture of of me and three other people, my schoolmates, went to school from kindergarten on with these people. But I don't remember. I was in a bad car crash. I don't remember being there. I don't remember the event. Not that it wasn't important to me at the time or that Jack wasn't important. I have a lot of uh, uh, admiration for Jack. But the fact of the matter is, and he lives in Arkansas now, uh, his mother from where I grew up and where we grew up sent him this care package. had this picture. 12 or 13 years old, I look at that picture and I think to myself, God is not, God's not knocking on my door going, you know, I think I'm going to do this thing with you. You're going to be uh, this big, important thing. Not birth a baby. That would be a whole different deal. But that's, we're going to hold – that would be a different sermon right there. But he, but he did that. But he did that. He did that with Mary. My goodness, folks. Have you ever considered that? It's just How many 13 – oh, let alone ourselves. How many 13-year-olds do you know would be chosen for something like that? I, I can't think of any. Well, the scripture goes on, by trusting, we understand that 
the universe was created through a spoken word of God so that what is seen did not come into being out of existing phenomena. In other words, out of nothing. By trusting. Look, the very part of the issue I think we struggle with is sometimes we don't really understand that our faith is so critical. We've got to believe fully and completely by trusting, by faith, by trusting. We believe that, that God spoke this world in existence. Out of nothing, there was nothing there, boom, it's here. My goodness. That's huge. That's huge. My son says, having a baby pop out of your belly is sure a miracle. Dad boy. Dad boy. So so what I'm saying is, is, is that's the next thing. I mean, as, as people of faith, as followers of the way, that's a center point, right? We believe that he was the origin of everything. He didn't manipulate what was here. Hey, this would work out good if we could just put a little this together. Put a lot of, no, it's everything. Everything that existed, I, I wonder sometimes. I wonder sometimes just how much, as, as followers of the way, as Christians, you, you probably call yourself a Christian. If you're a Protestant, you, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. Uh, I Follower of the way is, for me, a little bit more accurate to, to what really is the deal with me. But as a follower of the way, I mean, that's center. That's critical. There was nothing. Then, and then he did it. He, he spoke it. It just happened. This isn't in the sermon, but I, but this is free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. How are you going to believe that God's going to do miracles in your life when you sit and you pray and maybe you've got a horrible situation in front of you and you need him to heal you, you need him to, to act, you need him to intervene supernaturally? If you don't believe that the origin of the earth is God, nothing more, Hashem, he spoke it into existence. Adonai Elohim. He he spoke it into an existence. If you if you can't go back to that and go, yeah, I believe one hundred. No doubt. I have no doubt. I'm convinced. Remember, I talked about the betting folding money. I'm convinced that he did this. You can't believe any miracle is going to occur. God's going to act supernaturally in your life or somebody else's life. You're praying for them. If you don't believe at the at the center point that this is this was him, this he did it by trusting. Hevel offered a greater sacrifice than Cain. Cain and Abel. Because of this, he was attested as righteous with God, giving him this testimony on the grounds of his gifts. Through having trusted, he still continues to speak, even though he is, man, you know. By trusting, Hanoch was taken away from this life without seeing death. He was not to be found because God took him away. Man, do you have the kind of faith that God transports you from one place, some concrete, real place here on earth, and, and and you don't even die. You just, here you are. I don't know. Maybe it's a question people ought to ask themselves. I, I ask myself that all the time. Amazing. Taken away from this life without seeing death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For he is, here's the secret sauce, hashtag secret sauce, for he has been attested as having been prior to be being taken away, well-pleasing to God. Here's the capper. And without trusting, it is impossible to be well-pleasing to God. Because whoever approaches him must trust that he does exist and that he becomes a rewarder to those who seek him out. Oh, come on. It goes from one amazing thing to the next. I mean, I don't know if you see it as amazing, but I do. I do. I see it as amazing. To my knowledge, this is the first listener from Bahamas. Somebody's listening from Bahamas. That's awesome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That's kind of kind of cool. Maybe it doesn't stick out to you, but it sticks out to me. For he has been attested as having been prior. He he lived his life in such a way to be well pleasing to God. Now, how do we be well pleasing to God? And without trusting, it is impossible to be well pleasing to God. Whoever approaches him must trust that he does exist. Look, you can't pray a halfway prayer. You can't, well, if you're there, if your prayer starts with God, if you're there, God, if you're real, it can't. Hasn't in faith is no faith at all. That he does exist and that 
that he becomes a rewarder of those who seek him out. And, and seek him out, by the way, in Hebrew, and seek him out. Now, I'm going to talk about some Greek, but in Hebrew, the, the original language of our people, the, the, the original language, seek him out, isn't just seek him out. It's a permanency. It's, it's, it's a before, it's a now, and it's a forever. Seek him out every day, every moment, every second, every breath, every heartbeat. Seek him out. God rewards people with that kind of faith by trusting Noah. Noah, after receiving divine warning about things as yet unseen, was filled with holy fear and built an ark to save his household. Here's what's crazy. What's an ark? Noah wasn't a shipbuilder. What's rain? Oh, it's going to rain for on and on and on, and it's going to cover the earth? Oh, okay, sure. Right, Noah. My sister, that was her favorite saying in high school. Right, Noah. That was right in her yearbook. My favorite sister. I only had one. After receiving divine warning about things, look, what did he what did he receive divine warning about? He received divine warning about the end of the world. He said to Noah, you you get everybody on that boat. You tell them the story, what I told you, and you get them on that boat. Everyone and everything that's on that boat will be preserved, but everything that's not is going to die. Probably an awful, horrible death. I don't know if they saw anybody drown, maybe in a pond or pool, whatever. I don't know if they had pools. Not concrete ones, anyway, probably above ground. And so so, so they have these things, they do these things. And, and I don't know if they ever saw anybody drowned, but that gum, y'all. He says you're going to die. It's going to be terrible. The whole earth covered. And anything not on that boat is going to be gone. By the way, hello to Wes. Wes says hello to everybody. He's still in Florida. Still in Florida. We miss you, brother. We miss you. We didn't get our, our uh, shofar blown tonight. We didn't get that shofar message tonight. So we have to hurry back. you imagine the responsibility of that? Can you all imagine the responsibility of tell everyone? Now, what we know is this. Who in Noah, Noah's community was, was to be saved? In Noah's community, everyone in the world was Noah's community. It wasn't like they were, you know, there's Europe and there's this and there's that and there's Japan and whatever, you know, all these Germany, you know, there wasn't all these places. It was there. This was the world. This was the population. And, oh, by the way, God said, people say, well, why did it take him 125 years? A, he never built a boat. B, there was never rain. C, some of every kind, not just two, by the way. There wasn't just two. They had to have stuff to eat. So it wasn't just male and female of every species. I wish they'd have left the mosquitoes off. I'm just saying. We don't need a male or female but whatever, you know, it's just, i got to cover my bases here, God said. you imagine? In addition, you know, he's telling his family all this stuff, like, guys, you know, God spoke to me, and this is what he, wouldn't he think you, wouldn't your family think you were nuts, your community thinks you're nuts? No wonder the brother drank and worked naked half the time. Build an ark to save his household. His household is what? In Hebrew community, household community is everyone. It's that is everything. So he's vested. He's he's saying, man, oh, I love y'all. You know? What are we going to do without you? The Lord said this is going to happen on big ladders. Building a thing, I don't even know what it is. It's an ark, whatever that is. And he says he's going to shut the door. And everyone that's not on board, I wonder if there's claw marks on the door. Maybe that's why God shut the door. Maybe that's why God had to shut the door. Because mankind sometimes, well, we trust, but, oh, man. Can you imagine? By that time, rain had already started. The water had already started rising. Door's got to be shut. About things as yet unseen was filled with holy fear. Build an ark to save his household. Through this trusting, through this trusting, 
Not trust one time, but trusting, trusting every day for 125 years. Amidst ridicule, amidst everything. I bet he had blisters on his hands. I bet he, you know, he was sunburnt. He put the world under condemnation and he received the righteousness that comes from trusting. Wow. How'd you like to have that responsibility? How would you like to have that responsibility? That, for me, is incredible. And the only way you have that kind of responsibility, the only way you can act on that kind of commandment from God, myself here a little bit, have you ever considered, what if Noah said, you know what, I think that's crazy. I think it's nuts. You're telling me weird things. You're telling me to do weird things. I'm going to get ridiculed for it. I'm not going to do it. Thank you, but no thanks. He could have. He could have, but instead he embarked on a 125-year journey by trusting, through this trusting. I'm going to follow you regardless. I, I, it doesn't matter what people say about me, the insults. doesn't matter how much pain I'm in. I'm an old man. doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it. doesn't matter to me how awful this thing is that what you're saying, I'm going to do it through this trusting. And he received the righteousness that comes from trusting. Wow. I hate to keep saying wow, but this is astounding. By trusting Abraham, Abraham obeyed after being called to go out to a place which God would give him as a possession. Indeed, he went out without knowing where he was going. How many times have you, I know people that don't know street names. <laughs> I don't know how they get anywhere they go. You go down here to the so-and-so where the country store used to be. It's not there anymore. There's some other thing. There. I don't remember what it is, but that's where the store used to be. And then you turn left. I think it's left. Yeah, you turn left at this road. You go down, I don't know, for a little while until you start getting tired of this road. Watch out for deer because there's a lot of deer on this road. You know, wherever they come out, where, you, where the deer usually come out, that's right about where you want to turn. Right, you turn right. I don't know what the name of the road is, but then you go down to this other road. It's real pretty. There's a beautiful farm there. I think the farm is still there. Beautiful fence. Needs painting. You get to the fence that needs painting, you know that's where you turn right again. Right? They're just trusting that it's going to be there. You know, whatever. I'm going to remember all these things. And you're trusting that they're telling you the right directions, even though you're thinking to yourself, Man, I can't take directions from this person. What am I going to do? I don't trust that they're telling me the right way to get there. And then you tell me, how long will it take me to get there if I do your instruction? A little bit. It'll take, take you a little bit by trusting. Abraham obeyed, and after being called out to go out to a place which God would give him as a possession, indeed, he went out without knowing where he was going. By trusting, he lived as a temporary resident in the land of the promise, as if it were not his. Staying in tents with Yitzhak and Yaakov, who were to receive what was promised along with him. For he was looking forward to the city with permanent foundations. Why? Because, why permanent foundations? Why, why is that even put in there? Because he lived in tents. He was nomadic. He traveled around all over the place. For he was looking forward to the city with, with permanent foundations, of which the architect and builder is God. You see this theme here. This is trusting. God, I'm trusting you. You're telling me to go to this place, which all I kind of see is sand. And wilderness and animals that eat people, which I would kind of dig being around that. I'm not kidding you on that. I really like that. But but my point is this: is look, just go out from whatever you know, take your tents up and travel. I'll tell you where to go as I go. That's like jump. I tell you to jump, and you ask how high on the way up. You say, well, why do these things happen? These people, this doesn't happen now. This doesn't happen now. God doesn't act in this way. Maybe it's because we don't have this kind of faith. Amen? This other one, this, this, oof. this is big now. By trusting, he received potency to father a child, even when he was past the age for it, as, as was Sarah herself, because he regarded the one, capital O, who made the promise as trustworthy. I place my trust in you, Father, because I can trust you. I trust you with my future. I talked about are you are you in the beginning, are you happy with your achievements? Is is it achieved? You look at your list of things that you achieved in 2016. We're we're almost at the end of it. 
Are you happy with that? That that bullet pointed bucket list, whatever you to do list, and the, whatever your plan is for the year, however you call it. Are you happy with that? Or and, and let me say this: it's not mutually exclusive. You can have the first, the life achievements, and be very fulfilled. You can be an achiever and be very fulfilled. But some people, God sets them on a mission, and you say, man, I'm running in quicksand here. But gum, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm in the will and the hand of God. I'm doing what he's telling me. It hadn't worked out the way the world, Olam ha, remember? Let's talk about last week, the words I used. That's, that's, that's the people, uh, the secular world, the world looking at us as people of faith. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're not mutually exclusive. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I know lots of people that get a lot done that are, man, they're happy. They're fulfilled. They've got good families. They love their friends. They make good friends. He regarded the one who made the promises trustworthy. Okay, I'll do it. Therefore, this one man, boy, that's important. This one man who was virtually dead fathered descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the grains of the sand on the seashore. Here's the kicker. All these people kept on trusting until they died without receiving what had been promised. Wow. Maybe maybe God's deliverance is going to come after. Maybe we live a long life, maybe we don't live a long life. But we go, for the length of time that we go, God has our days numbered just like the hairs on our head. And we go that length of time and we and we, we say, well, that didn't happen in my lifetime. Well, it, God chose not to heal him. God chose not to heal her. I know somebody right now uh, lived a beautiful life, a, a good, good, amazing life that has kids and a husband and desperately loves her and, and she's gone. She's gone. She was a fierce woman of God. You know the story of the Feeks, right? You guys ever hear them? They're musicians. And the wife died, Joey Feek. Yeah. I, I don't think you find a, a, a person that follows harder after God. And yet God took her. Got little kids, got a husband, got a busy career. And and, and, and her husband talks about and her last days, her last hours, before she went unconscious, she she was praising God. They were standing around praising God. What do you What do you need, honey? What do you need? Whatever you need, we'll get it for you. She was on palliative care in hospice. Whatever you need, we'll you know we'll get it for you. Come sing praises with me. Not Lord, take the pain away. Not Lord, heal me. Not pray that God delivers me from this. Bring the instruments in. Bring the family in. Bring the friends in. And let's sing praises. I know in whom I've believed, and I know that he's able to deliver me. She knew the deliverance wouldn't necessarily happen here on earth. We've got to stop measuring the people who are walking in faith or in the will of God by what happens here on earth. Temporary residents were aliens on this earth. Man, are you ready? They had only seen it and welcomed it from a distance while acknowledging that they were aliens and temporary residents on this earth. For people who speak this way make it clear that they are looking for a fatherland. Now, if they were to keep recalling the one they left, they would have an opportunity to return. But as it is, they aspire to a better fatherland, a heavenly one. Let me say this before I say the next thing. It talks about looking back. They, they, he said, go and don't look back, Father said. Come on. You remember, you remember that, the deal where they come up to the, 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 the sea and they're fleeing the Egyptians and they're, they're hot on their tails and there's the water. Guess we're sunk. Guess they're going to kill us. Going to be a slaughter. Going to be slaves again, the ones that live. God said, do this, and the sea will part. Sea parted. And he said, don't look back. Go on. Get in there. Get after it. Uh, it's the sea. 
how's this going to happen? And as they take steps, they see parts, and they go, and then they think, well, these walls of water, they get, so water went somewhere. What if it comes back while well, we're going across? It's the sea. It's not a little walk across, you know, a pond in your backyard or a puddle. Just don't look back. Keep going. Keep going. Trust. Don't look back. And they kept going. They kept going. They kept going. And then as the, the army gets there, they're, they're oppressors. They get there. It kills them all. Don't look back. Don't keep recalling what you left, lamenting what you left. A heavenly fatherland. This is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared them a city. Have you ever considered, is God ashamed to be called your God? Do you have a bumper sticker of Jesus fish on your car? Is God ashamed he sees what you do in your car or whatever? It sees how you behave, you leave out of church, you know, and how you treat people or the, the, the wait staff, lady or man that brings you food on Sunday if you go out to a meal and they see how you talk to people and see how you deal with people, see how you deal with your own children, see how you deal with your own spouse or your friend, whatever people you deal with. This is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. Can you imagine? Have you ever thought about this? I want God to not be ashamed to be called my God. But what do we do? We, re we recreate God in our own image and we say, well, I don't want to be ashamed to call God my God. It ain't about you. I wonder. I wonder, is God ashamed to be called my God? prepared for them a city. By trusting Abraham, when he was put to the test, offered up Yitzhak, Isaac, as, as a sacrifice. Yes, he offered up his only son. By the way, he was about 34, we know. He wasn't a little kid. He wasn't a little boy. Okay, daddy, I'll go. You know, where are we going? Oh, we're going to go get some ice cream. Mr. Softy's driving around town. We're going to go up there where he is, and we're going to get some, I'll buy you an ice cream, rocket pop, some kind of thing. Triple decker. No. He's a grown man. We talk about we talk about Abraham, Abraham's trust. We talk about that, but what about the kid? Kid says yes, father. How does the kid know? How does Mary know? How does Mary know? As a twelve or a thirteen year old middle schooler, I'm going to do what you said. Thy will be done. We have an example of it. Abraham and and Yitzhak, Isaac says. All right, Father, how do you learn that kind of faith? You see it modeled in your father. You say, well, I didn't have a very great father. My father wasn't a person of faith. We have a father, capital F. We have a father. He's given his spoken word, put into, put into a, a, a book we can read. He also speaks through prayer and meditation. You have that. If you had a crappy father, a father that wasn't a person of faith, I'm sorry for that. Lots of people have crappy fathers, and not to minimize your pain, lots of people have fathers who weren't people of faith, maybe were alcoholics or mean or whatever, but we have a father that can obliterate all that pain. Amen? So we can go to that. Maybe your father or mother, you're alcoholic. Maybe they're mean people. Maybe they are. Maybe they're still alive or, or, or the past. Mean people. And we said, well, I can't go to my father for that kind of But we can go to the father. Praise God for that. But Abraham, when he was put to the test, offered up Yitzhak as a sacrifice. Yes, he offered up his only son. He who had received the promises to whom it had been said, what is called your seed will be in Yitzhak. He had concluded that God could even raise people from the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did so receive him. You get what that's saying. That's saying that Abraham, Abraham, he said, even if I plunge the knife into the heart of my child, I know God will revive him. He will bring him back to a full measure of life. I know in whom I have believed. I'm trusting the blade as it's plunging downward. How would your life change if you have that kind of faith? How would your life change if you have that kind of faith? By trusting. Yitzhak and his blessings over Yaakov and Esau made reference to events yet to come. By trusting Yaakov when he was dying, blessed each of Yosef's sons, leaning on his walking stick as he bowed in prayer. By trusting Yosef near the end of his life, remembered about the exodus of the people of Israel 
and gave instructions about what to do with his bones. You may have read over this lots and lots of times, and you, you might not have realized the importance of it. It took me about 954 times of reading it before I realized, wait a second here, there's something big and powerful in this that I've skipped over all these times. I've gone too fast, too fast over. Yosef, near the end of his life, remembering about the exodus of the people of Israel, he was reflecting on his life. The blessings of God, he gave instructions about what to do with his bones. Let me tell you something. That's trust, folks. I've said to my family lots of times, here's what you do when I die. You buy a refrigerator if we need a new refrigerator. You get that big box. You stuff me in the box. You dig a hole. You bury it. Don't waste a whole lot of money on a box for me. I'm not going to be there. Those are my earthly, that's my earthly tent. That's not where I'm going to be. Don't spend a bunch of money. But when you tell somebody what to do with your bones, in other words, when you're talking about your funeral, right? Because I have my funeral. I have, I have bad health. And so I could go at any time. So the, the, ultimately, it comes down to this. You know, you're having that discussion with your friends and your family. And you say, this is what I want done at my funeral. That's a lot of trust. You realize, because you can't do anything to them once you're gone. But you're trusting. You're saying, hey, this is what I, if, if if I could have this for me as a remembrance, this is what I'd like. Big deal. It's a lot of trust. By trusting the parents of Moshe or Moses hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they weren't afraid of the king's de decree. By trusting Moshe after he had grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose being mistreated along with God's people rather than enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. He had come to regard the abuse suffered on behalf of the Messiah as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he kept his eyes fixed on the reward. How many times have we read that? We think, all right, whatever. Look, he wasn't passing up a trailer home for a single-family home. He wasn't passing up a tent for a trailer home or a bigger tent. He was passing up all the wealth in the world, all the power, all the influence, all the favor, earthly favor, to be persecuted to travel with God's people. He said the abuse that I'm going to suffer on behalf of the Messiah. Whoa, what? This is Old Testament I'm reading now. What's this talk about a Messiah? Moshe believed the prophecy and looked ahead. He knows if he does what God says, the Messiah will come. On behalf of the Messiah, as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he kept his eyes fixed on the reward. What's the reward? Anyway, you know, we're not in the south here. So when you go down south to a funeral, he's going on to his reward. He's received his reward. I love that saying. I do. I love it. I love it. That's powerful, powerful, powerful saying. He kept his eyes fixed on the reward. Would have been easy. By trusting, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered as one who sees the unseen. Did you hear that? One who sees the unseen. Listen, he through his spirit joined with the living God, the living God, speaking through him and to him. He saw what is unseen. God said, here, this is coming. And everyone and anyone would think he was nuts. Oh, yeah, God told you what? By trusting, he obeyed the requirements for the Pesach including the smearing of the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By trusting, they walked through the Red Sea as though, look at that, see that? I gave a preview. You just, you just heard about this. Walked through the Red Sea as through dry land. When the Egyptians tried to do it, the sea swallowed them up. Now, I want you to think about this. You've got a people of faith. Now, first of all, it's like pushing a rope or herding cats. Moshe's trying to get these Israelis. They took an 11-day journey and made it what? How many? Forty years, we took an 11-day walk and turned it into a 40-year. I mean, it's crazy. I can't say that with righteous indignation because I don't know that I would have pressers or quick on their heels. They can see where they are. They, they can see them coming. They can hear them. Have you ever thought about the soldiers could see the Red Sea part and could see them in there and thought, well, heck, if they did it, 
If it parted for them, it's going to part for us. We're powerful. These are, these are slaves. These are nobodies. We see it, and we're going to act on it. Here we go. <laughs> you smack the horse a little faster, get in there, and the sea swallowed them up. They saw it. Somebody says, well, why won't the Lord give me a vision of, of the thing around the corner? Why, why don't you let me see around there? Why don't let me see the job I'm going to get? Why don't you see the house I'm going to You know, let me see what, how this health thing's going to work. Going to work. Listen, sometimes what you see isn't the thing. What we see with our earthly eyes isn't the thing. What we're seeing and what people that have no faith in God are seeing are two totally different things. It's your heart. You see with your heart and your mind and your soul. You see your faith, your unhesitant faith, your unrestrained faith, you see through your chest and through your mind and through your soul and through your faith and trusting, you see that. And that gives you the ability to walk into an ocean to them. It might as well have been an ocean. Captors are hot on your heels. Why wouldn't they think? Why wouldn't they think that they were going to come? They're going to catch us. We're going to end this thing. Yeah, it's great to split and frost, but they're going to come in. soldiers saw it. They thought, here we go. We're going in there. It's dry land. We're good to go. And the sea swallowed them up. Sometimes what you think you see, you're not seeing. Sometimes what you see isn't what you think it is. By trusting the walls of Jericho, or Jericho, fell down after the people had marched around them for seven days. Can you imagine? My friends, can you imagine that? Can you absolutely? Okay, here's what we're going to do. What we're going to do is going to get some shofars, we're going to get some things to bang on. We're going to go around this thing, and around this thing, we're going to play some music. Right? So you can praise the God. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to be saved. Hmm. I, maybe I missed this. What about the bullets? Could I get a 308 rifle with, with, a, with a good scope? Chill. We, don't have, we have no aircraft, is what you're telling us. No air support. Okay. We're just going to play music. All right. And here we go. After the people had marched around them. So, look, what I'm trying to tell you here, and the scripture's telling you here, is, is what God tells us is crazy to the world. They look at us and go, what? You're doing what? You're out of your mind. Say, they, they, the, the people of the world, the, the, the wisdom of the world, they don't know anything. I love this one. By trusting Rakov, Rachel, the prostitute welcomed the spies and therefore did not die along with those who were disobedient. Remember that story? Rachel, she she gives the gives the intel, right? Covert op. She invites the spies into her house, and they win. You know what they shouldn't have won, but they had a good intel. Good intel is important. I'm telling you, trust me. Somebody who knows good intel so important. She invites the spies and she welcomed them in. She didn't die with those who are disobedient. What more should I say? There isn't time to tell about Gidon, Barak, Shimson, Yiftak, David, Shemuel, and the prophets who, through trusting, conquered kingdoms, worked righteousness, received what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, had their weaknesses turned into strength, grew mighty in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead resurrected. Other people who were stretched on the rack and beaten to death, refusing to be ransomed so that they would gain a better resurrection. Others underwent the trials of being mocked and whipped, then chained and imprisoned. They were stoned, sawed in two, murdered by the sword. They went about clothed in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, wandering about in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. That's faith. That's following. That's somebody, somebody asked me even today, they said, you know, well, what I want to know is how you get that faith. That's great about all these people. How do you get that faith? And I, and I answered very simply. It's, it's hard to take. This answer is hard to take. I know that it is, and I understand it is, and I respect that. It is hard to take, but the fact of the matter is, here's the answer. By living faithfully, 
by living faithfully. Look, the mustard seed, the story about the mustard, if you have faith as little as the mustard seed, so that means I can have hesitant, weak faith. I can have that. I don't have to have a lot of faith. I don't have any at all. Just barely, just a little seed, mustard seed. Why mustard seed? Mustard seed's tiny. You ever see a mustard seed? They're tiny. But here's the truth about that passage. The, the, the idiomatic uh, revelation there is the mustard seed is not only tiny, but it is virtually impervious. Years and years go down the road, you find, oh, there's a little mustard seed. Let me put it in the ground. What are you going to have? Mustard plant, mustard tree, mustard bush? I don't know what they are. But it's going to come up. Perseveres. Not just to have a little tiny bit of faith, but persevering faith, ongoing faith. The mustard seed is so used in, this, uh, in those passages, not to just to demonstrate you don't have to work on your faith. You don't, no, it, you have to realize your faith has to – it's not a faith for one thing for a little bit of time. It's faith ongoing. It's every day. Demonstrating and living on your faith, leaning back into the wind. The hand of God trusting you. It's living out your faith little by little by little by little. Little things and big things. Weaknesses turn to strength. Scripture talks about weaknesses turn to strength. How many folks need some weaknesses turned to some strength tonight? How many folks have weaknesses in them that are about to do them in? And you need the Father to deliver you to, to, to turn that weakness into strength. Hurts, habits, and hang-ups. How about this? People were stretched on the rack and beaten to death. Stretched on the rack and beaten to death. They refused to be ransomed so that they would gain a better resurrection. And that's faith, y'all. That's faith saying, hey, I know I'm going to be killed. I know it isn't going to turn out good for me here on the earth. I know I'm going to be killed, but you know what? It's okay, because I know God has something better for me. Others underwent the trials of being mocked and whipped, then chained and imprisoned. Stoned, sawed in two, murdered by the sword. Mocked. How many people like to get mocked? People make fun of you. Nowadays, we call that hate speech. The only people that can have hate speech uh, foisted against them are uh, the left. You, you can't have – if you're a Christian or a Jew, you can't be – you can be the hate speaker, but you can't have any – it doesn't matter what they put, paint, whatever, yell, scream. doesn't matter. Apparently, that's okay. Not with me, it's not okay. I say as Christians and Jews, followers of the way, and our, and our, our Hebrew brothers, we start putting the throat punch on some folks. Saying, you might not like what I'm saying, but you sure are not going to threaten my life with impunity. Not going to happen. Stoned, sawed in two. Do you all understand that? Sawed in two. You imagine up until the moment the blade touches you in your midsection, you could recant and say, I'm out. Sawed in two, you're going to live a while as the blade is going through you. And you're going to live a while. And feel all that pain. And they said, I'd rather have this. I'd rather have Jesus. What is that song? I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Skins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, wandering about in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. What if the call of God causes you to that? These people did it and they said, I'm good. Yes, Father. This next part of this passage blows my mind. The world was not worthy of them. All of these had their merit attested because of their trusting. I'm going to tell you on the earth, we are going to face some trials because of our faith. Look, folks, even hesitant faith, you're going to face some trials. But the world's not worthy of us, and the world wasn't worthy of them. Nevertheless, they did not receive what had been promised because God had planned something better that would involve us so that only with us would they be brought to the goal. Man, y'all. In Greek, in Greek, uh, faith is the substance, hypostasis. Hebrews 11, 1-2, faith is the substance. 
The Greek word here gives the sense of something foundational, something basic, a concrete reality upon which other things are built. Stasis, which is the root of this word in Greek, means the place, the setting, the standing pillar that upon which other stones are placed. The prefix hupo means under or below. Together, the result signifies something really amazing, solidly foundational, concrete in reality, something that's assured. Do we live, do we live like that? We, we say we want to get to a point of stasis. Right. If we're if you've ever been to any sort of a self-improvement seminar or taking any classes like that, uh, you got to get to a point of stasis. You know, you got to get to a point where, you know, things are balanced out a little bit. You got to get to a point where you can manage things. You're breathing, you're eating, you're drinking water. You're, you're doing these things. You're being healthful. And you're moving forward into life stasis. You're you're in that right place. And this says. This is something concrete. This is reality. The world may not see it as concrete. These things that we drive towards, this thing that we do. Listen, a lot of people would say, hey, do you watch football at your Kehala? Because that would be the only – you all have wings there. We have had wings here before, by the way, and I bet we will again. But the fact that they'll say, well, what do you all do at, at there? You, you do, do – I mean, don't you Christians go to church on Sundays, right? Church, like in the morning, right? You get up and go in the morning, then you go fishing or whatever, watch football. Yeah, yeah. People would think this is nuts. A lot of people would think this is nuts, what we do here. Did I ever think the number of people would ever listen to this broadcast, somebody like me? Oh, boy, from Sussex County. Well, I know. No. I could have never seen it. I could have never seen it, but God did. God did, through the grace of the, the Stabley family. You need to get your car worked on. Stabley's Auto. That's the place to go. Listen, I'm telling you, he, he fixed us right up with Doyle's car. We thought, oh, no. Here it goes. It's it's done. And he fixed this up. Very reasonable and very quick. Now the car runs like a top. Faith is designed by God, not as an imaginary product of the mind, fabricated out of its own philosophical needs or rationalistic dreams, but that which is firm, solid, and real existence. Faith is the solid certainty of that which for which we hope based upon reality and solid existence. I, I want to just say this to you. The world will paint you as nuts, as you need a crutch. How many people do you know? So oh, those Christians, they just need a crutch. They need to believe in some fantasy. One of my favorite comedians. I, I, I hate that he's he's uh, and, he, and he's really uh, he is uh, he's been pivotal. He's really really pivotal uh, in MMA and UFC. Uh, his name is Joe Rogan. He was a comedian. Uh, he still is a comedian, still does stand-up, uh, really popular comedian, but he had this show called The Fear Factor. Remember that? It gets people to do really crazy, weird things, and at the end, the winner, obviously fear is not a factor for you. I mean, they eat bugs, they crawl in the places with snakes, sludge, whatever, they jump out, you know, 50-foot hovering helicopter over water, whatever. You know, crazy stuff, they do all these things. But I hate, it makes me so sad that he doesn't believe in Jesus. He believes that it's just silly. There's another comedian, very funny guy by the name of Bill Burr. Guy cracks me up. He makes me laugh. And he thinks, he, you know, he says, hey, you believe what you want to believe, but I just think it's a fairy tale. Because you just need something. Oh, the Godfather is up there. The world's going to look at you that way. They are. They're going to look at you that way. We say, why doesn't God act in our life? Why doesn't he give us this this, this gift of the, the thing, the the Maybe play a video or something for me. Show me how it's going to... The world's not going to care. Well, why doesn't God do that big thing again? Why didn't he do some big thing and show the world and then they'll believe? Well, I know a big thing. November 8, 2016, a guy that was said to have no chance of winning crushed the competition. Don't don't let people tell you all that. Well, that's the... that's No, that's the... She won the popular vote by a long shot. A couple thousand counties to, what, 17? You understand that you can't look at that popular vote and go, oh, okay, that's, yeah, that's, the, the guy had no chance of winning. You want to see a miracle? There's a miracle. This isn't about him, but you want to see a miracle, the current president made fun of, the president-elect and said, he's never going to get carrier to stay in the country he's a fool he just doesn't understand he doesn't know he doesn't have the benefit of what the knowledge i have 
come into office, we think we know, and then we really find out once we start receiving briefings and we learn the real deal. And now we've people are being interviewed all across the country saying, I finally feel great about being, I have hope. Not according to Michelle. I'm going to talk about that on, on Wednesday. If I'm able to do my show on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about that. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. The Greek phrase pragmatos, elegos, is translated as the single word evidence. Yet when the words are considered separately, they carry force and strength not usually associated with faith, which may more usually be seen as a pragmatic reality. Pragmaton, on the one hand, spreads out the idea of concrete reality, something that is critical, of consequence, and of great importance, something foundational. Elegos implies a thought or belief that has been cross-examined, questioned, so as to be tested for validity or reality brought to proof or placed upon scrutiny, under scrutiny for possible confutation. Faith, then, here's the secret sauce, is based upon that which is tested and crucial. And what is it that is unseen but is yet tested and important? Is it not the power of God working through his government of all events in history, which from time to time experiences his mighty act? Look, the power may not be seen for a while, it may be unseen for a while, it may be hidden, but we come to know it as ultimate and crucial and dependent, dependable, solid, and foundational. Our faith doesn't create reality, but it is based upon the reality of God's government and power. It is by this faith turned loose in history by the faithful actions of prophets and believers that God has brought the miracles to bear upon the nations and their history. You know, Anselm, Christian theologian Anselm, uh, Credo ut intelligem. I believe in order to understand. I believe in order to understand. Did you catch that? I believe in order to understand. People say, well, look, once I understand, I'll believe. But God says, no, no, no. Flip that upside down. In your life ticking off 2016, those experiences, you say, well, I either did accomplish this or I didn't accomplish this. And sometimes you have fulfillment in that. You look at that and you say, yeah, I have fulfillment in that. I, at least I did this. And then other times what happens is this. Other times, that list of the, earl, the earthly thing, did you buy the big house? Did you get the big job? Did your investment pan out? Did all the things that you thought were working the way you thought they should, and maybe the world thought they should, did it happen the way they thought? Did it happen the way the world envisions? Sometimes it's no. But I'm going to ask you, is your life fulfilled because of the boxes that you check, or is it fulfilled because you said, you know what? No matter what, Father, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do the unconventional thing. If you tell me to do that, I'm going to do it. Credo ut intelligium. I believe in order to understand. I want to tell you this. Those who refuse to take the tiny step necessary to trust in God cannot understand the most basic truths. The benevolent consequences of faith are not only emotional, but affect the realm of the mind. What do I mean by that? I mean by that that we need to learn as Christians, as followers of the way, to not give up. When God says, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you this to do. It's going to be your thing. I'm going to give you this to do, and I need you to do even though you don't understand it. Even though the world looks at you and says, no, what you really need is that list. The worldly list, we really need you to have that list and do those things. Life fulfillment. How do we get fulfilled? Going into 2017, isn't that a question we should ask ourselves? How do we get fulfilled? It's great to accomplish all these things and knock all these things, but if we're not happy in Jesus, what is that song? Happy in Jesus. Trust and obey. I mean, isn't it simple? It's just simple. People say, I want to get close to God. What do I do? Trust and obey. I tell them that, and they, they look at me, oh, that's a little song that they sang in 
you know, when I was in fourth grade in the basement Sunday school class. But it's that simple. It really is that simple. Trust and obey. Do what he says to do when he says to do it. Don't do like me. Don't put it off. Say no, 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 no. And they have to go through all the stuff that you have to go through until God convinces you through flame sometimes, through pain sometimes. Just do what I tell you. I love you. This is why I'm telling you to do this. I know it doesn't look conventional. Some people say, I just want to know how to be happy. I just want to know how to be happy. I just want to be happy. I'm tired of being miserable. What if God, what if we lived as though we wanted God to be proud to call us his children? Well, God bless you. I, I won't be talking to you next Sunday uh, because it'll be Christmas Day, and I'm sure we won't be meeting Christmas Day, but uh, maybe I'll put a message out there and um, for you all to listen to. It'll be a very short message, very, very brief, 48, 49 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be shorter than that. And uh, But God bless you this week. And, and as you get together with family, maybe you have – I just want to say this and I'll close. Maybe you have a toxic family. Maybe when you get together with family, it's not a pretty thing. Maybe it's not a happy thing. And maybe maybe some of you have a miraculous thing. I have a miraculous thing to praise God for. My brother Lance, we're going to have dinner at his house. After almost three months, much of it spent on life support. he got a long way to go. But praise God, we never thought we'd see this day. I have lots of pictures and video of him on life support, unresponsive, for a long time. Give thanks for what God has given you. The big things and the little things. Because our faith grows like that, little by little by little by little, building on that foundation. That's the path to happiness. No, I don't mean the world's happiness. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I got this brand new car. Now, let me tell you, I'd be pretty happy if I got a 2017 Corvette all tricked out with the with the, the carbon fiber package and the performance pack. I, I'd be pretty happy. I have a truck. I wouldn't get rid of my truck. Don't get it twisted now. <laughs> on days that it rains or something like that, we don't want to, or there's a threat of rain, or they're working on the road or something, you know, anything. That car wouldn't go out. Would I be happy driving that? But is that my life fulfillment? No. No, that's a temporary little bitty thing. I'm just saying to you, look deeper and live deeper. You know, I don't know that I have some great wisdom for you, but I know God does. And in the scripture, he tells us, you know, how do we have this? We have it through that kind of faith. Hebrews 11, faith. Maybe spend some time. Yeah, we all read the Christmas story. It's amazing. Spend some time this week maybe reflecting on Mary's faith. A middle schooler. I don't think it gets any better than that. Live that faith. You know what I bet? I bet God was proud to call Mary his child. Live this week as though you want God to be proud to call you his child. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Sean. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight.